Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I want to finish tonight on... on um what the characteristics are of a person who is in revival. Like I mentioned to you on Sunday, this isn't necessarily, necessarily the characteristics of revival. This is the characteristics of people who are experiencing revival. And some of these things, you know, are, uh, would be the same in either list, but, but not everything. And again, I made the point that this is not something that I sat down to uh, pray and ask the Lord what are the characteristics of a person in revival and get direction that way. That's, that's an appropriate way to, to approach ministry. But uh, that's not the way I did this. The way I came up with this list is by studying revivals. And I've been a student of revivals. I've got quite a few books on, on revivals and, and specific revivals. And uh, I've both read biographies of people who were... Uh, central figures in great revivals in the past, past, and then also autobiographies, you know, written by the person themselves and, and what they saw, what they experienced, and what, uh, what was transpiring in people as revival broke. And so these, uh, I, I told you initially I had nine, I have, I have ten. Uh, uh, huh? What now? What did you say? Get to them tonight. Is that what she said? <laughs> Just lift your hand toward me and pray. <laughs> no, I'll get to them tonight. Praise the Lord. Uh, we, talked about, we talked about the fact that uh, uh, revivals differ. They vary in scope and uh, intensity or, or uh, the degree of revival and particularly the scope of revival strength of revival, they vary, uh, but anytime revival is going on, uh, you have these works wrought in people's hearts by the Spirit of God. People who are in revival, not just sitting in a church that's experiencing revival, but who are actually being revived themselves, that revival has taken root in them, they, they, they exhibit these characteristics. Uh, like I've said before, you can sit in, in a church that's experiencing revival and not experience it. I know that from, from experience myself. In the church that I came out of, that I've, that I've talked so much about, the church was in uh, an ongoing uh, revival there for several years. There was just a spirit of revival in that church. Great things were happening. But you know, there were people there that just sat there in the middle of that just as carnal, just as out of it, just as... Uh, uh, seemingly okay with what was going on, but they weren't going to step in the flow at all. And, uh, and their lives didn't change. And, uh, uh, but people who, who will yield to the Spirit of God when He's moving will, will uh, uh, experience tremendous growth. When revival comes to a church or to uh, a body of people, whether it's a church or churches, the people, when, when, when people experience revival, growth comes. Some of the things that, that people, uh, that you have always wanted for yourself spiritually, 
and, and maybe you've tried to accomplish, you've tried to make gains spiritually, you've tried to make improvements in your prayer life or improvement in your witnessing life or uh, just improvement in your overall fellowship with God or your walk of faith, whatever it is. When revival comes, it tends to pick people up and, and sweep them forward spiritually. You remember back in uh, February or, or uh Maybe it was in January. Pastor Greg, uh, one service, uh, uh, he had a vision, a, a mini vision, and he saw a great wind blowing. And he said that, that, there was, that a wind uh, would, would blow, and this is, of course, a spiritual wind, and wind is a type of the Holy Spirit, and this wind would take us uh, where we would not otherwise go, that it would move us, propel us. And so that's what revival does. And so, again, uh, I exhort you and, and warn you at the same time, do not sit in a church that's experiencing revival and just let it go on. Get in on it. Make whatever consecration. Stir yourself up and say, I am going to flow with this. I am going to be in this revival. I'm going to be changed and what God is trying to do among us as a people, he's going to do it in me. Amen. Amen. And so, first of all, we talked about a deep hunger for God, for more of God in your life. And uh, everybody knows that, uh, you know, there, there are some people that are so uh, grace legalistic, if I can put it that way, that, well, you know, I don't need to seek God. Why would I seek God? I'm already born again. I don't seek something I don't have. I have God. He's in my life. He's my father. I'm his child. I'm born again. I'm filled with the spirit, watching the blood. You know, what, what is there to seek? I, I've, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So what is there to seek? Well, you know, uh, first of all, a person like that needs to repent of ignorance and pride. Because though we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, everything belongs to us. Uh, I don't think anybody would be uh, foolish enough to, to stand in this crowd and say, I just want to testify that I have everything. That if I died tonight and stood before the Lord, he would look at me and say, you know what? You accomplished everything in your life that I have for you. You didn't fail. You're not missing the mark in any area and you're completely uh, uh, where I want you to. In other words, when you left the earth, you were fully everything that I wanted you to be. Now come really, really? No, grace is a message that we have everything because of God's favor, but the Bible all through the New Testament encourages us to move up and to do more and to, do, and to, and to uh, more and more take on the character of Christ, amen? And so first of all, a deep hunger for, for more of God in your life. Uh, number two, repentance and separation. Again, people will say, well I, well, I don't have to repent. I'm saved. I'm washed in the blood. There's nothing between me and the Lord. I don't have any conscious sin in my life. I don't know of any area where I'm missing it. Well, you're missing it right there and that you're not being honest with yourself. Because though you might think you're perfect, the rest of us know you're not. Amen. And, uh, and, and so uh, repentance and separation is essential. And, and people who are in revival, uh, uh, they, they have a 
heart of repentance. That doesn't, I didn't say a heart of condemnation. I'm not talking about walking around in condemnation, but I'm talking about walking in an awareness that God, whatever you reveal to me, I will do, and he will reveal areas where you're not uh, making the, the best stride you could, and you will repent of that and say, God, forgive me, I wanna, I wanna do better. Help me to take that next step. And so uh, repentance, separation goes along with that. Number three, a life wholly, completely consecrated to the Lord. That means that you want God to take control of your life and to use you any way he wants to. And, and when, a person is, when a person is experiencing revival, they don't, they don't, all of their plans that they've made for their lives, their, you know, for their uh, careers or their future or their family or, or their uh, retirement or whatever it might be. We all have goals. We all are looking ahead. We all should be looking ahead, you know, and, and what, you know, what's going to come next and make preparations for, for our future. But someone who's in revival has laid all of that on the altar. It's not that you don't think about the future, but you check everything at the will of God. You say, God, not my will. In if any of these areas uh, are not your best for me, I'll I'll abandon this plan. I'll turn my back on it. I'll lay anything down to 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 have a a, a greater. Uh, fellowship with you, a greater experience with you, to know you better and to please you better. So a person that's in revival is wholly uh, dedicated to the Lord, consecrated in every way. We talked about number four, humility. You want God to work not just in your life, but in other people's lives. You want revival not just for yourself. You want revival for the church, for the whole church. Not just for this church, but for other churches. Not just across the country, but across town. In other words, you, you're, you're not, we, 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 we don't, we don't apart, when real revival, when real revival uh, is underway, people aren't looking at how, how they are superior to others uh, spiritually or how their church is, has the answer or their church uh, uh, is super, you know, is super spiritual, anything like that. You're just hungry for God to move. And, and when you hear that revival flat fire uh, flames up in a place, you're, you're not thinking, well, they don't even have the same doctrine we do. They didn't, their pastor's not even in Ramograd. <laughs> no, you think, glory to God. God bless them. You might not agree with everything that's going on, but that's, that doesn't enter into the, into the picture. You know that when, if, if revival is, is burning someplace, God can correct those things. And you're, you're just pleased and thrilled that it's happening. Humility, amen? And then uh, number five, we talked about this on Sunday morning, a passion to reach the lost. You have a heart to, to reach the... You're, you're not... Uh, you're, 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 you're not cold-hearted. You're conscious of the needs of people around you. You're aware of people's, uh, of people's spiritual needs and you're concerned about people. Some Christians, like I said on Sunday, are so self-satisfied with what God has done in their life, they have little time or, or, or thought for anybody else. But there's a lost world out there. People are dying there and not just going to hell, but they're living in hell. 
experiencing destruction in, in, in their lives at the hand of the devil. And so a person that's in, in revival, he, his heart goes out. You know, Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. A person that's experiencing revival, they take that same uh, uh, heart. They feel that they are here to seek and save lost and hurting people. Amen? Uh, then number six, we talked about uh, a desire for all of God's work to advance. Brother Mark tonight was talking about the importance of missions. You know, uh, when, when, when you're really on fire for God, you, you, you're, you're into everything he's doing. I said, when you're, on, when you're on fire for God, you like it. You like evangelism. You like missions. You like to hear from missionaries. When the missionaries come, you don't roll your eyes and go, oh, boy, another sad story, another bunch of pictures of naked children, and they're just wanting money. That's, no, you're eager to hear what God's doing, and you want to participate. You want to participate in missions. You, you want to participate in the ministry of helps in your church. You're not satisfied to just come and, and enjoy the blessings. There's so, in so many churches, they're, they're, they're full of freeloaders, what I call freeloader Christians. They, they want the blessing. They want to enjoy the benefits, but they want to enjoy it at somebody else's expense. Yeah. No, if a person's in revival, he's interested in tithing. He's not interested in cutting corners. He, he wants to give, not just, not just 10% is not, is not, to him is not a sacrifice. To, to him, it's an opportunity and the least he can do because he wants to fund what God's doing. Amen. So he's not trying to play funny little games. Uh, with, with finances and, and try to wiggle out of opportunities to serve. There are people who, in this church that used to serve, used to serve in the ministry of helps, and they just got tired of it and quit. They just not, and today, they're not doing anything. They, 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 they used to sing in the choir. They don't sing in the choir anymore. They used to usher. They don't, they don't usher anymore. They used to, to work with children. They don't do that anymore. They, uh, they, they just they feel like, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay. I go to church, and after all, I'm pretty busy. Well, we're all busy. Yeah. See, a person that's on fire for God finds time. That's right. He finds time to serve God. And, and, and it's not something that, that uh, and it's not just because a pastor gets up and does what I'm doing now. And, and, and you know, it's my job to tell you the truth, but at the same time, you, a, a person's in revival it doesn't have to be bow beat. He doesn't have to have the pastor beat him over the head and make him feel ashamed and guilty, amen? I mean, he wants to serve not out of guilt, but because he wants an opportunity to be a blessing. Amen. Some people can't serve because they can't get along with anybody. Every time they volunteer to work in an area of the church, they've run into conflict with people, and so they just, you know, quit. Listen, grow up, amen? amen. Grow up, that revival will cause you to say, listen, I, I, you know, so-and-so, they don't seem to like me in this department, but I'm just gonna pray for them and do my best. Instead of moving across the other side of the auditorium, find, move over where they're sitting, sit next to them. Brother, Brother Doug said, after I talked about, you know, loving people and, and bringing them gifts, he said, better watch out now, somebody, you know, Beware of Greeks bearing gifts. <laughs> Beware of Christians bearing gifts. No, but you can, you, can, you can love people when they seem to not appreciate you. A person's in revival just wants to win that person. Not, not for a feather in their cap, because they're, but because they're interested in that person. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. 
getting to another point and getting ahead of myself. But that's all right. They're, they're all inter, interwoven, isn't that right? Glory to God, participation. And then tonight I wanna to talk about seven, eight, nine, and 10. Number seven, a person who's experiencing genuine revival has an eager expectation of the Lord's return. You study it every time revival breaks out. You go through church history in beginning in the book of Acts. Acts chapter two was revival. Are you, there's anybody out here, is, am I turned on tonight? Acts chapter two was a revival. It was a mighty outpouring of the spirit. Well, every time in history that revivals have broken out, people begin to look for the Lord to return. Because Jesus said, I, if I go away, I'm coming back. He's coming back. Let me read a couple of scriptures to you from the New Testament. Look, uh, look at Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter one. We'll start there, Acts chapter one. Verse number nine says, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Listen, this is way better than what's on television. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, whoo, glory to God. The same Jesus that walked on the water, the same Jesus that healed the sick, the same Jesus that cast out devils, that raised the dead, glory to God, that, that had little children come to him and sit and minister to them and cared for people. This same Jesus, only not in humility, but in, in glorification, he's coming back, praise God. This same Jesus who was taken up from heaven will also come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Well, glory to God. He's coming back. He's coming back. Go with me over to Titus. Titus chapter two. Glory, glory. Titus chapter two. Titus two. Verse number. <clears throat> Praise God. Number, verse number 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now, the people that say, well, I have everything. I don't need to pray. I don't need to ask God for anything. I don't need to ask him. I don't need to seek him. I don't need to repent. They're just denying the reality of the flesh. The truth is they're a bunch of, they're, they're just a flesh ball and they don't want anybody to know it. Well, amen. It, it, it takes denying some things to live for God. Amen. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Woo, glory to God. Are you looking for him? Are you looking for him to return? You know, he could come back tonight before I finish this message. Wouldn't make me any difference. I wouldn't be the least bit offended by that. Glory to God. He can come back at any time. And when people are genuinely stirred with revival fire, I mean, they're thinking about his coming. That's one reason why they're interested in reaching the lost. They don't want to see people be left here after he comes to suffer the things that are going to go on in this world. They're trying to get everybody they can in while they can. 
Amen. I just love that passage of scripture. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Turn with me over to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Whoo, glory. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Whoo, glory. Just think about that. There's a, as much as has been revealed, there's another whole category of things, another whole dimension of realities of, that God has in store for us that we don't even know anything about. It has not even been revealed. Brother so-and-so doesn't know it. Kenneth Hagin didn't know it. Smith Wigglesworth didn't know it. Billy Graham doesn't know it. Billy Sunday didn't know it. D.L. Moody didn't know it. Paul didn't know it. Peter didn't know it. It said there are some things that he has reserved for us and it has not even yet been revealed. Ooh, glory to God. That's one reason why I'm waiting for his return because there's, I don't know what's out there, but ooh, boy. It's so much better than what we have now. Glory to God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Well, brother, I believe I'm like him right now. You're just a big old liar. That's what's wrong with you. Because the rest of us know you're not like him. Come on now. You, you got the word and you're, and you're creating his image. And I know you're born again. You're a child of God. He just said that we are children of God, his very child, children. But, we, but when, when he is revealed, we shall be like him. That means there is some conforming to who he is and what he is and his likeness that we haven't attained to yet. Glory to God. Oh, it's gonna happen. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. See, the Bible says that we see through, uh, like looking at a mirror. We see his image, but reflecting. But then face to face. Ooh, glory to God. Now notice verse three. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. This is a purifying hope. It'll make you wanna live closer to the Lord. I said it'll make you want to live closer to the Lord. I didn't say it'd want to make you live close to the Lord. I said it'd make you want to live closer. You're not close enough. You can get closer. I'm not close enough. I can get closer. I want to get closer. This is a purifying hope. When people are in revival, the, all of these things work together. Because of this, because of knowing that we're gonna be like him and we're gonna see him for who he is and there are things that are not yet revealed that, that causes the, the person that's experiencing this kind of revival to want to just do everything they, can, they possibly can to just, to just be uh, all that God wants them to be. And if there's anything in their life, anything in their life that's a hindrance or, 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 or retards their walk with the Lord or, or, or interferes with their intimacy or fellowship with, it's not worth it. And other people might not understand why I don't want to do or go or be with certain people or, 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 or be involved in a certain thing. I can't help what they think about me. I'm interested in knowing the Lord better. Amen. They can go on and do what they're doing. I'm going to spend some extra time in prayer. Amen. Amen. That's revival. Glory to God. Amen. Am I going fast enough for you? Number, number eight, 
Turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Verse number 23. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The Bible says that God is seeking not worship, but worshipers. Notice it says, for the, fa- for the, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. He, God is seeking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. When revival is in the land, when revival is in the, in the country, when revival is in a nation, when revival is in a church, when revival is among people, people are stirred up to worship the Lord. Amen. They don't have to have the worship leader, you know, work them up for 10 or 15 minutes. They might come in from work just as tired as they were before, before they were in revival, but now just the, just the thought, just the thought, I, I'm getting ready to go to church, just, just puts more strength and more energy. You just sort of get, in, get revived physically just when you're getting dressed. You just had a beat down day, you're dog tired, but just know what I'm fixing to go and be with fellow Christians and we're gonna be in the presence of God in that corporate anointing. It just starts, I, I remember when I was dating my wife and I was 16 years old, uh, I worked for a, 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 a brick mason. And I was a laborer and I mixed cement. We, they called it mud, mixing mud, you know. And, and, and that, he didn't have, you know, an electric, uh, 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 what do you call it, mixer. I did it with, with a hoe, you know, did it by hand. And I mixed up that mud and I, he had, I had three brick layers and I kept all three of them supplied with mud. And I tell you what, I worked. And I kept those boards, you know, full of mud, picking them up, putting them on the wall. I carried blocks and bricks, you know. I'd come on in the afternoon, and, and this was in the summer, and I was just so tired. I was just exhausted. And then I thought, ooh, but I'm fixing to clean up, and I'm fixing to go see my honey. And I tell you what, I felt better. I mean, the more I thought about it, the better I felt. Amen. The, I mean that the tiredness and the weariness of the day, I'm on my way to Angela's house. Glory to God. You see, when you're on fire for God, it's like that. It, it, it doesn't matter what's going on in this world. You're so caught up with God that just the thought of going to church causes you to just get refreshed physically. Glory to God. Oh, you're looking forward. You walk in there. You can't wait for everybody to stop just, you know, talking and chatting so somebody will strike a chord and we can all start worshiping and praising the Lord and you're lifting your hands and, it, and, and, and you're not even aware that it's a dead service. You're not even aware that nobody else, everybody's just standing there, glory to God, glory to God. We know one of those services you know, where you're doing God a favor. You're not even aware of it. You don't, you don't even know that's going. You're glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That kind of revived person will revive other people. If you come in and the, and the mood isn't right, 
and the psychology isn't right and just everybody just seems to be a little dead and out of it. Listen, be the one that jumps up if you have to, kick your shoes off and jump on top of the chair and say, you can sit here like a dummy if you want to. I'm gonna praise the Lord, glory to God. Amen. I'm gonna praise God. (laughs) I tell you, when you're in revival, everybody will know it. And if you're not in revival, everybody already knows it. Well, hello, glory to God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I tell you what, there is so much of our worship services that are driven by feelings. Just psychology. Just because we've got a guest speaker, everybody's excited. Everybody's just all, there's just an electricity in the air. You know, Sunday morning, Shekinah glory is gonna be, ooh, everybody is just, just all up, you know? And I'm telling you what, that first chord, ooh, the glory of God comes in, everybody's interested. I mean, they're just interested in, in God. Everything's the Lord, praise the Lord. The next Sunday, Shekinah glory's out of town and it's like the dead just arrived. That's the truth now. It's not just the truth once in a while. This is, a, this, this, is, this, is the, this is the norm. I don't know about it anywhere else, but in this church. In this church, I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about where you used to go. I'm talking about here. It's the norm. And it ought not be. It ought not be. It just revived. You just haven't, you're just not revived like you should be. That's all. Yeah, yeah, change. You can make your old flesh Get in line. If you'll start praising God when you don't feel like it and praising God when you're the only one or you feel like you're the only one, you feel like, well, if I just, if I really get, you know, demonstrative of here, people are just gonna be looking at me. What are they gonna think? Personal revival, that never even enters their mind. They don't, they're not interested. They're not interested in what anybody thinks, but they're interested in what he thinks. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Number nine, characteristic. What'd you say? What? We're going to get them all. Number nine, I've noticed this about revival. I've noticed this about the things that I've read about people. When people are in revival, when a church is in revival, love, forbearance, and forgiveness rules the day. I said love and forbearance and forgiveness rules the day. Listen, if you have the, if you're operating in the love of God and and you have to, you have to make a decision that I will be ruled by the love of God. If you'll make that decision, it will take you to the next step and that is forbearance. What is forbearance? Putting up with that old ugly sister. Putting up with that old brother that just, you know, just makes you want to just about pop him every time you come to church because he just, just says something sarcastic. Looks like he's just always needling you. Looking, you know, for, that's what forbearance is. Paul said in Ephesians, forbearing with one another. Forbearing one another. What does that mean? You have to put up with people's natural uh, tendencies. Not everybody's gonna be, uh, not everybody's just gonna clap their hands and jump up and down when they see you. Amen. Amen. 
And when, when love is, when you're in revival, the love, you're, so, you're, not, you're not trying to forbear with people. You're just so full of the love of God. You just, well, glory to God. What, what's wrong with you today, brother? I just want you, you, just, you know, somebody just turn their nose up to you and act like they don't want to see you. Just walk and say, glory to God. I, I love you. I'm glad to see you, brother. Hallelujah. Forbearance. Forgiveness. I read now, now uh, 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 Frank Bartleman was, uh, was a great intercessor. And, and in his uh, autobiographical work, he wrote about the revival in uh, the Los Angeles area, uh, what we call the Azusa Street Revival. And he talks about how he showed up in Los Angeles or in Pasadena. His daughter just a little girl, had just died. And so he was just so broken up and so grieved on the inside that uh, he, he dedicated, at her funeral, he dedicated himself to the Lord. He said, Lord, I want you to take everything in me. I, I just want to give my life in service. And he admitted, he said, I wanted to throw myself into service for the Lord so completely that I wouldn't have time to grieve over my daughter. He was just so broken he said, God, I want you just to, just to do something. I just want to envelop myself and throw myself into your work. And, and God began to give him a spirit of intercession and prayer. And, and like I said, this happened in Pasadena. Most people don't know it. And, and, when, and a group of, of young men in this, in this church uh, where, where they were attending there in Pasadena, they started praying for a revival. And it began to spread. And before you know it, they weren't just claiming just for their church. They were claiming all Pasadena would catch on fire. And sure enough, different churches throughout the, the town of Pasadena, you know, began to, to, to uh, you know, flame with revival. And before long, they wanted to get all of Los Angeles. They wanted to get all of Los Angeles County. And, and before you know it, you know, they're claiming all of, from, from L.A. all the way down to San Diego. And then the whole state. But he's talking about this revival and, and he chronicles the, the things that happened and the meetings that, we, that he went to. And interestingly enough, I don't agree with a lot of his doctrine. He had a real negative idea of the local church as we understand it today, but it, we just, he just didn't have much understanding. But he, but he loved God and he was so interested in revival. But here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. He made this statement. He said when... In talking about the people that he was with, the churches and the groups, you know, that, that were in this revival, he said, we found it impossible to, to even allow a thought of unkindness or, or, or resentment to, to exist in our, in our hearts toward our brothers. We just, we could not bear it. We found it was just impossible to, to even bear it because they were so full of the love of God. That we, they said we couldn't, we just couldn't. It was impossible. We would not talk about one another. He said we wouldn't talk about, there were, there were, you read his story. And there were competing churches, you know, revival over here. And some people weren't happy with what was going on across town over there. And there were people, you know, uh, 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 different things going on like there always would be because people are people. And he said, we found that, that we could not bear to even speak ill of anybody. Whew. That's revival. Now you say, well, I thought I was in revival. That's all I got here tonight. 
These are characteristics of people in revival. If you don't have all of them, you know, you can, you, that doesn't mean you're not in revival. It just means you're not there yet. Amen. There's, there's more growth. I said there's more growth for all of us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, lastly, number 10, people who have revival in their hearts find themselves given to prayer. It's, it's not just a Monday night thing. It's not just a, a special occasion. They find themselves that prayer is part of their daily uh, it's a daily communion and not just daily, it's ongoing throughout the day where there's, a, there's relationship and there's fellowship and you're, in, and you're in fellowship with the Lord. And when you're like that, it's easy for the Lord to move on you. It's easy for him to share things with you. It's easy for the Spirit of God to just, just, just impress some area of prayer. A lot of people are afraid of that. They're afraid if I, you know, if I give myself to prayer, I mean, God will just take me over. He'll just take me and just ruin my life. I mean, I'll just have to pray all the time. I won't be able to eat. I won't be able to have fun. I won't be able to watch any TV. It'll just be pray, 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 pray. The Spirit will just pray, 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 pray. <laughs> but when you're in revival, you're so full of, of the consciousness of God that the Spirit of God just just brings things to your attention and you just deal with it and it's a joy and it's a joy and it doesn't distract from the pleasures of, of fellowshipping with other Christians it doesn't detract from, from uh, the, the joy of your job and just, you know, just the ordinary things of life it doesn't take away from that it, it, when the spirit of God the spirit of God will just, will just lay something on your heart and you can pray it out in just a few minutes when the Lord lays something on your heart, it's not necessarily a big old three-hour burden that you're on your face and groaning. Now, there are times when that happens and there are times when that's happened to me, but that's not the most common. Stay in fellowship with the Lord. When you're on fire, when, you, when you've really got revival in your, in your life, you, you, you're, just, you're, you're given to prayer. You're, 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 there's a, there's a, an ongoing seeking of God. Not seeking because you're lost or seeking because you, don't, you feel like you don't have his favor. That's not the thing. There's an ongoing reaching out for, for communion with him and, there's, and, and, and to know him better. To know him better. To become more like him. And that's the kind of person that the, that the Spirit of God will whisper little things to. And say, yeah, uh, this, pray, pray about this. And you can pray about that thing, those things sometimes you know, just very easily, very simply, very quietly. And, and yet, it's profound because you're praying led by the Spirit. Well, amen. amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you, revival is tremendous. And like I said, we are, we're in early stages of it. Amen. But, but, uh, we, we, need to, we need to stir ourselves and pray that revival will grow in this church. That, 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 it, it, that more people, not, and when you're praying that more people will be revived, you're not looking down your nose at people. You're including yourself. I want more. We all need more of God. We need more of the Spirit, more of His, of his grace, more of His character, more of His compassion in our life. And when, and when a church is praying like that, Individual needs in the body of Christ, spiritual needs, 
just the, the Lord brings those things up to people. And, and then you find the church praying. People are praying supernaturally for one another. Amen. It's a backslidden church, basically, that has to turn in prayer requests all the time. Amen. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying all the time. And our church isn't like that. I'm not talking about what we do. Most churches, you, you know, it's a, it's a 15 or 20-minute order. I pray for brother so-and-so. Pray for sister so-and-so. Pray for sister, you know, what's her name? Pray for this and pray for that. When a church is in revival, people are so interwoven spiritually with one another that they know what's going on in one another's lives. And they, and they don't know why that, that Brother Philip might come up before them in, in, in prayer. They just, just, his, his, you know, just his, his face comes up. They don't know why, but they know this, I need to pray for him. And they just pray, just pray a few words for him. Just, you know, God, pray in the spirit. Let the spirit of God do what he wants to do. And then, and Brother Philip is, is blessed. And, and Brother Philip has the same thing happening for Debbie. And Debbie has the same thing happening for, for, for somebody else. That's, that's a church that's on fire, a church that's in revival. Amen. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.